Are we clear? Grumpy old Ben's. We make it hard. Welcome to episode number 165 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Friday, June 4th, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where it may be donut day, but people are still getting shot. And from America's left coast, where I do all of my gain of function research on Pornhub, I'm Ryan Bemrose. What kind of function do you need to gain? I, you know, once you get over 40, some things need a little help sometimes. Yeah, little blue pills. Fauci can help you with that, I'm sure. He can give you a prescription for anything that may oh, yeah. ail you. Yeah, it's that that totally safe and, and reliable Pfizer loving. Well, it's good that Fauci, I guess him and Hillary must not be real close. Otherwise, he would have known delete all the emails. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, they well, or they or they just use the same IT guy. Maybe, maybe were were uh, Fauci's emails also in Hillary's basement? Maybe I, it, it, either that or I maybe Fauci's emails were on a laptop that was left uh, was was lent to a Republican tech support. I, I, I I'm not sure what's going on there. You know, I've, I've been reading about this. It's it's huge story. Every single Pepe lover is out there just drooling over these set of emails. Uh, interestingly, I with the first story I read, and this might be wrong because the first ones usually are, was that it was a FOIA request and not a leak. But I, I hadn't heard how they got out. It was a uh, Breitbart. One of those, the uh, conservative news organizations had a Freedom of Information Act request, I believe, from what okay. the story was. But that when I mean, I the trick is delete them before the FOIA request comes in, because it's not illegal until the request comes in. Well, and some stuff you can delete some you cannot i mean if it's going through governmental email i don't think you have the opportunity to delete but i know this is being treated as a huge story i haven't seen much yet that i would be surprised about well yeah the the thing that surprises me the most is that there's so little in this set of emails that surprises anybody who's been listening to say no agenda for the last year and a half well yes it's it's all just yeah we knew that yeah, yeah, we knew that. See, yeah, Brooklyn, yeah, we knew that. Says uh, BuzzFeed, FOIA. So thank you, BuzzFeed. And yes. uh, thank you, Brooklyn, for, uh, yeah, I knew it was somebody that had requested it. But Fauci, as much as people want to pin everything on him, and there's a lot that can be pinned on him, the emails, it's not like you're seeing anything in the emails that to me sticks out. I mean, I saw a news article this morning that when the virus originally was starting to make news that he had an email that he sent to a colleague that's like oh that important you know gain of function you know was the title or something of the email but that doesn't necessarily mean he knew that it was but i'm sure it was a concern because he knew what was going on there but people try to make so many things fit whatever narrative they want that you don't know if it was because he had previous knowledge that they were doing 
the gain-of-function research in that lab, or if he saw this virus and he was like, all of a sudden, oh, crap, were they doing this? You don't, you can't pin it on him with that. Don't get us wrong. Fauci is a real piece of work and deserves every bit of scorn you can muster just for his his public lying statements. It's just that, um, I, I mean, yes, there are definitely some juicy things in this email, and there's definitely a lot of evidence that Fauci had every reason to know that a lot of the things that he said were complete bull, but I didn't see a smoking gun. No. And uh, we're already being called in the troll and apologist for Fauci. It's like, no, but the facts are the facts. And if you can't follow that, then I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'd more than like to be able to nail him for. I'm a not lot apologizing of for anything that douchebag did. No, I'm I'm just saying that if you know, if if this convinces you, but you haven't been convinced before, then you really weren't paying attention is where I'm coming from. Well, well, there's just so much disinformation around everything with this stuff, which I know, which is why it's a story that's been beaten to death. But I even have, uh, you know, take a little bit of umbrage with no agenda covering the VARES stuff, including the one story that, oh, a two-year-old was killed after the virus. It's like, well, there's no record. Now, if this is happening and there's proof, that's great. But there's no record this is happening. There is uh, a database which is open, the VARES database. Wait, wait, no record. I thought that's what VARES was. No. VARES is like what the FCC did when they wanted to know about the whole uh, net neutrality thing. VARES yeah. is open to anybody to submit yeah. anything they want. So if you want to go yeah, to VARES right records. now and say that a six-month-old was injected and died, you can post that. You don't have to have anything to back it up. VARES okay. is like online reviews. This is so, hilarious. Uh, experts, uh, Darren just gave you your marching orders. Experts, go fill VARES with a bunch of information that proves our our agenda. I, right. Oh, wait. Um, <laughs> no, that's I, exactly but, what's but, going okay, on. Okay. Okay, then then I'll walk back my statement from earlier. It, it, there is, in fact, record of it because uh, whether or not uh, w- what you're getting at is there's no proof of it because VAERS doesn't ask you to enter any kind of proof. And I don't even know that it asks you to enter evidence, but it does ask you to enter a record of it. So there is, in fact, record of this. Right. So if you want to go in into the VAERS database and say, I got the uh, you know, I got the Pfizer shot. And now I have an uncontrollable urge to listen to Grumpy Old Ben's 24 hours a day. They'll let you post that. (laughs) I mean, if enough people do it, Fauci might start looking into what's this Grumpy Old Ben's thing. I'm not convinced. No, that that actually is not. That's not an adverse reaction. That's that's a a pure (laughs) benefit from the vaccine. And so it doesn't belong in that database. That may be. But that anything can go in that database, which to me makes it completely non newsworthy. Because we know what happens oh. when anything is opened up to the Internet at large where people are like, hey, go ahead, post anything you want. But that's still a relatively new phenomenon. You know, before the Trump era, we used to trust a lot of things because, you know, a database where you record very few people knew about bears. It wasn't big and politicized. It wasn't covered in all the news stories. And therefore, the only time that you heard about it was I had a bad reaction to the vaccine. Oh, well, go here and report it. And uh, there's always going to be a few fraudsters. But if it's not political, you can generally trust it. It, it. There's there's a lot of things that before the Trump era were not politicized. In fact, you know, believe it or not, you could trust science mostly 
Well, I don't even um, know if before, it's necessarily politicized. Political. Because in oh, this case, is. no, no, oh, it is. no, no, no. Because in this case, it's not politicized in the sense of you have in the United States now three major drug companies that have different vaccines, and there are more throughout the world. But every one of these drug companies wants their vaccine to go to the top. So forget the political aspect. You have different you're companies. Thinking, you're so, thinking just marketing. Yes. You don't think Johnson & Johnson is going, you know, if we could really screw up Pfizer and Moderna, and Moderna's going, you know, if I could just screw up Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson, there's a lot of money to be made. So that we know we can hire people in Indi- India to give fake reviews about anything you want all over the Internet. That's exactly what's happening with the VAERS database right now. I guarantee you. You know, again, again, five years ago, I would have said that 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 violates the most basic tenets of ethics and is just not done. And, you know, there's always a few psychopaths out there who will take the the social norms and the things that are not done and do them anyway. But that number has always been small. But. Somewhere around the beginning of the Trump era, ethics went out the window, even in in large organizations and corporations. And so would you know, would would the Pfizer marketing department decide to go stomp on the Moderna by filing fake reports in a medical database? Yeah. Yeah. In 2021, I believe they would. Yeah. If there's enough money behind it. I mean, people do some crazy stuff for money. That's and- probably the most horrifying thing that that the the push of destroying culture from the left has accomplished is that ethics is completely out the window. And the things that that five, 10 years ago were just not done are now commonplace. And you have to accept if somebody can do it, then they're they're going to that you can't trust anyone anymore because. Because people are no longer being taught to be good. Right. The ends justify the means was a, a something we heard growing up every now and then. And I think it's become a way of life. Well, now. It was something we were taught was wrong right. when we were growing up. Right. Right. Yeah. The end and result. now it's and now it's being taught to your three year old in their activism 101 class. Right. I mean, if it's OK, third, third grader <laughs> to push this for social justice, I mean, it's OK to use it for anything. And we see. All across America, people are not being prosecuted for various crimes. So, I mean, if you can walk in to your local pharmacy and walk out with $950 worth of merchandise and nobody's going to prosecute you, sending a fake message to a database, you know, some fake information, you know, you're never getting prosecuted for it. What what bothers me even more than the prosecutors who are saying, yeah, uh, stealing $950 from a a pharmacy and walking out and getting away scot-free we're not going to prosecute so you you have it what what's even worse than saying hey that's okay is that there are now city officials the the one i heard this last week was in san francisco what a surprise there are now city officials who are saying that that is actually righteous they are saying it is a good thing they the the one comment i heard and i i didn't write it down was a, a city official in San Francisco saying, well, uh, you know, if these people are part of a racial minority and and are an oppressed class, then they, it is morally responsible for them to take what they need from the local shops. And uh, because the shops are usually owned by whites, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing and and editorializing a bit. But that was the gist of it is that. Uh, the the things that uh, vi- blatantly and flagrantly violating ethical standards 
the ethical standards that have have driven society for hundreds of years and are the things that are necessary to keep a society intact. Uh, violating those in the name of social justice is now a virtue. And if you can think of something that will destroy the fabric of society and send us back into not not the third world, but whatever the, the step below that is, where everybody's just killing each other for a scrap of bread. That's where we're headed. If if we all start adopting this. Yeah, there is nothing more racist than intentionally treating people differently based upon the color of their skin. You can't get around that. But we've talked about that almost since the beginning of grumpy old bands which was you know started before the whole covid thing even started and there was no question that was the route we were going and it's dangerous because this concept now that if your skin color is this and you commit a crime no that's we're not going to prosecute that because you're the victim but on the other side if your skin color is something different and you do the same thing no we're going to throw the book at you that is the most un american thing the most unreasonable thing the most unjust thing that you can do and and like i said whether or not it's american doesn't concern me as much i mean obviously you know america is where i grew up and and things that were american seemed to work pretty well back then at least you know for a little while Uh, the unjust though the the problem is not just that, oh, you're infringing the rights of one particular person or you're stealing from this company or or you're you're you know, you're shoving the uh, the cashier into the stack of cigarettes and causing them to have to go to the hospital afterward. But otherwise, it's a victimless crime. Sure. But the problem is that when these things become normalized, your society literally cannot hold together. They, they are destroying the fabric of society. And I think a lot of them know it. Well, yes, it's divisionary tactics. Also something we've pounded since we began the show. Again, go learn about the Weather Underground. You will be amazed that the folks and, you know, the Weather Underground, you would normally go, well, this was so many decades ago. Now we shouldn't even have to worry about talking. Why even take that seriously anymore? And then you go, oh, Bill Ayers, friend of Obama. Oh, <laughs> you know, this uh, uh, Bernadette Dorn uh, and the uh, the other woman that was recently involved in one of these major tech things. It's like the people from that era are still active. Do you think they changed their way of thinking? Bill Ayers actually said they didn't do enough. And let's remember, they actually placed bombs at federal buildings. So let that one sink in. Yeah, in Chicago, uh, we do these shows live. If you're not in the troll room, you're missing out. Noagendastream.com. Blue Douche wants to know about the Chicago shooting stats because we didn't have a Monday show. Uh, and I will oh, say, that's important. Yeah. go listen to Random Thoughts. I talked about it there. R-A-N-D-U-M-B-Thoughts.com. I, I, am, I, I actually have a slight issue with you on that one, and that is because you had some incredible content on that show, and I'm a little annoyed with you that you brought, took it to that show and not this one. Because see, it's political and we keep saying we want to be more tech centered here. And yet every (laughs) single show you bring a massive half hour conversation about something purely political. That's not a good excuse. No, you did. You started it today. I wanted to talk about being National Donut Day. That's such a happy day. Why is there a National Donut Day? Why is there a National Donut Day? I don't know. Somebody at Krispy Kreme paid somebody off, I'm guessing. Although I prefer Dunkin' Donuts. in, In order to celebrate National Donut Day, are you required to get the vax? I don't think so. I think okay, okay. just a donut. Sorry, that was political, which is which is less less healthy. It all depends on your body. 
I mean, that really is it. I mean, I read a story the other day about a it was like a 12 year old girl or something that was at a cheerleading thing and accidentally ate a dessert that had something in it that she was allergic to and she's had issues her whole life obviously like mdma or i don't know what the ingredient was but she died and it was because of just that is a brutal side effect yes of whatever it was i don't know what the ingredient was but you know, people talk about, you know, vaccines or any medication overall, and it's like, hey, it killed two people. Oh, my God. And you say it's safe. Even normal food items that you consume every day can kill somebody. It's a weird world, people. Not everybody's the same. And I don't think a lot of people can comprehend that or well, they can't comprehend the statistics. There, there are certainly studies out there that suggest that uh, part of the reason why we have so many more food allergies than 50 years ago might be because of vaccines of course uh none of this is particularly well researched one of the reasons it's not particularly well researched is that nobody would be able to get a grant for it because uh if you say anything anti-vaccine you're pretty much drummed out of the industry and not allowed to do any any research or anything so uh i mean that chilling effect is is doing well well yeah and if let's forget about the covid vaccine talk about normal vaccines for a second and I think if you can be rational and uh, and understand reason and understand these statistics, if I say to you, well, this vaccine can save 20 million lives a year, but it's going to kill three people. Is that vaccine good or is it bad? It depends on for how long they're saved, I suppose. Does it? Though? I mean, again, it comes down to. You know, well, yeah, there's going to be if, some kind of collateral damage. And if, it's a statistic. If, I, if I shove you off of a train track right into the path of an oncoming bus, does wait, did wait, I really is, save you? Why is there a bus on the train track? I don't I, understand this game. Because hypothetically, there was about to be a collision and I just <laughs> saved you from the train by pushing you into in front, the bus. Did I really save you? I don't think so. But I'm saying okay. if it's overall safe for. So, so if, if you. So if if you're going to die of covid and you take a vaccine and no, instead we're not talking that about vaccine the COVID is gonna, vaccine, oh, I'm sorry. If you're going if you're going to die of uh, indigestion. Yeah, if, if you're going to die of indigestion and you take a vaccine and that vaccine cures your indigestion, but gives you heart failure two years down the road. How saved are you? It, but I'm saying we know that there's always going to be a risk of something. The amount of people dying in automobiles over the last two years is way up. Do people still drive? They do. And they don't go, oh, my God, cars are so unsafe. I'm never getting back in one. So why are people willing to take risks like that and go, well, no, but a vaccine killed three people. So it's it's not good. It's it just Overton window. It, well, maybe. And that's I something that people I think people used need to, to understand. Yeah. It's like uh, 20 years ago when Washington was banning smoking in uh, everywhere, except if you're in a, a sealed vault in your basement or something, uh, one of the arguments that was given was smoking kills this many people a year. And one of the arguments on the other side that fell on deaf ears was, well, here's the list of uh, all of the other things that are not illegal that kill people. One And the first one, of course, was car accidents. Uh, but, you know, the the argument of of well cars kill more people than x 
doesn't go anywhere because people like cars. People like freedom of movement, uh, you know, unless you're Gen Z, in which case you don't really want to leave out home. But for anybody who wants to get out, cars are the way to do it. And it's a risk we accept. I, so saying that cars are dangerous, that argument doesn't really go anywhere, but it's true. Right. Text. We talked about texting and driving early on as well and how many fatalities that caused. But is anybody going to put the phone down? Nope. Nope, that's dangerous, too. So people ignore so much stuff. It is kind of bizarre. But I mean, I just think it's interesting that people that they just don't comprehend the statistics. And I know math is hard and we've learned recently that it's racist. But, you know, I think that is something to try to understand, at least the fact that somebody can pick up a dessert, you know, and just whether it was some kind of peanut or whatever allergy it was have something that's in a dessert that, you know, a million people can eat that dessert and be fine. But that one person, you know, maybe 999,999 are fine. But that one, you you know, it's a pretty big, uh, a pretty big uh, repercussion. I mean, death. But do we stop those 999,999 from being up? Do we do we ban that dessert? Maybe don't we unmute yourself now? No. No, I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> I heard a great line the other day, and and you're gonna you're gonna berate me for going back to the topic again. But uh, the the line was that the COVID vaccine is the only thing in the entire world that is not known to the state of California to cause cancer. <laughs> well, California is a little uh, a little screwed up. There is no uh, question about that, and I cannot say that. The vaccine may not end up being a cause of cancer. You don't know because it's been around for such a short period of time. You can see that it appears to have had some positive effects because the United States is getting back to normal. And it does seem then people can argue this all you want. And the CDC cranking the 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 PCR cycles up to 40 had nothing to do with that, I'm sure. Well, for the testing, it did. But we've been saying since day one that. The tests are irrelevant, and I think you agree well, with the, that. The, the tests are irrelevant, medically speaking, but the tests have been the they've been used by every tyrant who is trying to lock things down. Getting back to normal has nothing to do with medicine or a virus or anything else. Getting back to quote unquote normal has everything to do with these autocratic tyrants finally releasing some of the restrictions and telling their pet media to tell people it's okay to go back out again. And if cases are way down, which of course is because the PCR cycles got cranked up to 40. So of course, cases are way down, right? Cases mean nothing because the test being completely flawed, But, but cases are the excuse that has been used by our, our, esteemed governors to keep everybody scared and in their homes and covered with face diapers and and you know the the early early on like march 2020 it was all about hospitalizations and deaths from covid and then somewhere in about april or june of 2020 everything switched over to cases and cases 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 has been the only measure by which we have suffered now more than an extra 12 months after COVID deaths dropped to almost nothing, 12 more months of not having any freedom at all. And, uh, you know, 
I complain about Washington because Jay Inslee is a total dick. But I'm looking at places like Ontario and thinking, y'all need to just rise up and fucking burn down Toronto if you want your freedom back. (laughs) That might be the only way to do it. Of course, they're Canadians, so they're really just going to walk in with pitchforks and and apologize to the government. But I I don't know what else you do. More like probably uh, just like salad forks would be more. That might be. Would be more likely. (laughs) Very small pitchforks. Yes. The the cases is. That number is irrelevant. No question about it. The deaths and hospitalizations are all you really should be looking at. That's all that really makes sense. If you do have a pandemic in an area, if you do have any kind of illness going, that's what's important. Because I can tell you, the normal person is not afraid of getting something if they don't think they're going to be hospitalized or die from it. The flu has been going around. Or if they just don't watch the, the mainstream news. Well, but that's even irrelevant. I mean, yeah, they overblow that stuff, but well, I'm just I'm just saying there is a very, very real psychological effect of of not being afraid of something that you don't know you're supposed to be afraid of. Right. But we know people that had gotten covid quite seriously. Some had died and that's fine. I mean, there's it's not going to happen to everybody. We know people that had gotten it that didn't have any major side effects from it. But it's something that, you know, forget any of the coverage, forget anything else. It comes down to if you believe that, you know, if you know the severity is going to be minimal, nobody cares. I mean, nobody's ever been afraid of the flu, even though people die. I mean, there was what did we talk about, 30 to 60,000 or something a year in the United States normally die of the flu. But nobody's afraid of the flu. I mean, if you're old and infirm, well, then yes. I mean, you're afraid of the flu. But normal, healthy people were never like, oh, boy, I'm going to get the flu. I mean, how many times have you had the flu? I've had it quite a bit where it's like, oh, sure. it sucks. And you're out for a few days. But you never felt once you got it like, ooh, I'm going to wind up in the hospital with this. I mean, forget the whole death thing. That was like a whole never even thought of. It's like you get the flu. You never think, well, I'm going to wind up in the hospital. And obviously no, with this, you- a lot of people did. But those I mean, test I, I, results are, are irrelevant. I've never made a particularly big distinction between cold and flu because it's you're sick and you're out for a few days. And I, you know, once a year ish, maybe twice in a bad year. And you just take some time off. You know, I've, I've never got a cold and thought, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I need to make my memoirs. No, I get a cold and I'm like, man, I feel like crap. I'm going to take some aspirin and I'm going to stay in bed and I'm not going to work today, uh, which, by the way, is still. The best thing that you could possibly do is when you're symptomatic, don't go near other people. <laughs> yes, I, I, I don't understand. You know, even in this time, I had, I, 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 I'm talking to one particular person, and that no, I don't need to do that. But um, just yeah, if you're symptom, you wash your hands. Uh, if you're symptomatic, don't go near other people. And and we get through the cold, we get through the flu, and you know what? The people, enough people don't follow that, that it usually works its way through a population. But if if people are doing a good job, it works its way slowly. And nobody is worried about dying from the cold. People worry about people might worry about, oh, man, I'm going to miss that deadline at work. But in general, you tell your manager, you're like, I feel like crap today. I'm taking aspirin. I'm going to bed. And they kind of understand unless your manager is a real dick and then you probably need a different job anyway. They may they uh, may understand more now that when somebody comes in sick and takes the whole office out, because that was also happening with the flu. It was always the person like, no, no, I have to go in for the meeting. 
And then yeah. two days later, everybody. And we out. had that. I, I can I, I remember multiple times when, you know, one person comes in sick and is like, are you sick? Get away from me. And then and stop uh, licking a that week door later, a week later, half the freaking office is out sick. Why? Because this one person was like, I really got to hit a deadline. Well, OK, you know, the one good thing to have come out of all of these lockdowns and everything is the fact that we have we uh, well, I don't know if it's good. It depends on your industry, I suppose. But in in my industry, at least in computing, we have normalized working remotely, which means that there's really very little stigma to saying, you know, I got a bit of a sore throat today. I'm just going to go ahead and log in remotely. And that way you guys are not going to be exposed to anything that I have. Just your computer virus. Well, yes, but that's I mean, that's what I'm writing. That's why I've got the deadline is I've got to get this computer virus out within a certain amount of time. Now, there was enough stuff in the Fauci emails that if this was a uh, anybody under Trump, especially if it was a conservative type doctor, they would have been run from that position already. Do you think Fauci is going to get run? I mean, he hasn't yet. Biden does even do you think Biden even knows what's going on at this point? I don't think Biden understands which windows go to CNN and which windows go out to the White House lawn. He's like, what's that pretty thing? on the, That's a television, Joe. That's that's 4K. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, look, look at all of the bombs out on the lawn today. No, that's they're they're showing pictures of of Syria. I mean, Kentucky. <laughs> Same thing. If you're ABC yeah. For, yeah. for that one, you never know. But it's. uh You know, I did like that there were some things that we had already discussed that were in the Fauci emails, including the wearing a mask will be beneficial if you have the virus or any virus. You wearing the mask when you're sick, if you have to go pick up a prescription or something, that will keep people around you a little bit safer. Wearing one to prevent getting the virus, we always knew that was bullshit. And so did Fauci. That was always useless. And well, Okay, again, I, I'm not in Fauci's mind, so I don't know what he actually believes. He might actually believe that he can see the giant spiked balls floating around everywhere and is is freaking out and is actually going all chicken little on people because he thinks we're all going to die. But it, judging by those emails, he had every reason, if he chose to be rational, he, he all of the information was available to him. That's what we know for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was the guy who had information before this even started his group funding the lab in Wuhan. Now, of course, they're saying, well, no, no, we weren't doing gain of re, uh, gain of function research. It's like, yeah, sure. I don't think anybody believes that for a minute. But a lot of Fauci's reactions were normal. I think a lot of the early reactions from doctors and then the politicians, maybe a little less so, but it was I think it was understandable because we know that there were people, even though some of them have never been right before, when any kind of tragedy, tragic event starts happening, when this thing started, I don't know why anybody gave any credence to the people that had been wrong over and over with everything they've predicted. But people were predicting, oh, my God, millions dead. And this is where politicians who aren't scientists. They don't really understand anything. Although Rand Paul, being a doctor, he seems to know a little bit more than most of these. And, of course, he was marginalized because, you know, God forbid, he's not a Democrat. But that's probably the worst crime. Yeah. 
you know, but you, I, you know what? He, 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 until such time as as somebody can find something that actually proves that that Fauci was a, a true, a, you know, world dominated like a Marvel superhero villain who wanted to, you know, wrings his hands together and says, "I'm going to destroy." I'm going to assume the absolute best about Fauci, and that's still pretty bad because the absolute best that I can see is that he is so incredibly arrogant and incompetent at his job that he he had a lot of information coming into him he knew a lot more than he was telling people he got up and he bald-faced lied to people in his official capacity you can argue that he didn't know certain things you can argue he didn't know that you know gain of function was happening he he you can argue he didn't think it was going to get out these are all things that in his position as a as not only an infectious disease person but as the spokeshole for the entire industry he should have known and that makes him incompetent and the fact that he was and demonstrably fact that he was getting out in front of people and changing his story and bald face lying to people. There, there are two ways you can interpret that. Either he genuinely was evil and trying to kill us all, or he had no clue what he was talking about, which is, is the, the charitable way to interpret this. But in that case, he was too damned arrogant to ever say, I don't know. He, those words never came out of his mouth. He never admitted anything changed. He only changed his story and just said, well, ignore everything in the past. Try not to only listen to the sound of my voice. Now he's swinging a damn watch in front of your face going. You will listen to the experts when I, I'm sorry if 2020 has taught us anything. It's that people who call themselves experts on mainstream media are anything but cannot be trusted and the only experts who are worth anything are the grumpy old ben's experts and he was in full cover his own ass mode and there is no question in my mind that a lot of the changes he made were completely political which is not something you want to even have enter your mind if you're the top physician in charge of the united states response on something like this you want them to be doing what is best for the health of the people, not, well, you know, politically, this is a little bit better. So I'm going to go with this rather than this. And the fact that Trump from minute one was called a racist conspiracy theorist douche because he said it came out of a lab in Wuhan. It is funny to watch all of these mainstream media morons walking this back now, but it shows you. More than anything else, take the whole COVID, take everything out of the the specifics of it out. It proves one thing, and that is you cannot trust what anybody in the media is, <coughs> excuse me, is telling you. This is why you go get different sources, do your own homework, as inconvenient at the, as that is. I mean, I know it'd be great if you could just watch a 15-second TikTok video and get everything you need to know about what's going on in the world, but most topics are a little bit more complex and you're going to need some more details. And the people that are just spewing you the story in five minutes or less, you're probably not getting the whole story. If, if anything good comes out of this incredible media debacle, is it debacle or debacle? 
debacle, I believe. I mean, it depends. Okay. In the Midwest, it's a debacle. Debacle. <laughs> if anything comes out of this that that could be good, I hope it is that fewer people, or or at least less than a critical mass of people, continue to just go out and blindly believe whatever their talking box tells them, because the the mainstream media, the people who are are coasting on the inertia of an industry that used to give us useful facts are doing nothing but coming out and spewing opinion and attributing it to unnamed experts or unnamed my favorite word sources a source close to the matter they yeah they just well so many news reports that are according to sources blah 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 what sources you you not only haven't named them you 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 have alluded to the idea that sources exist and given no other information. How can we possibly believe a word that is coming out of your lying face? I know the kids won't understand that 15, 20 years ago, go back and read, go to your library. If you have to, they're probably online, read newspapers from 15, 20, 30 years ago and see how often you'll see unnamed sources. It, it you, you don't exist. see unnamed sources. They'll they'll say, you know, according to you know White House uh, spokesperson. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, well, they, they won't. They'll say, you know, God, I read an article on, on during my research this morning. I read an article that said, according to White House spokespeople, <laughs> how many are give there? me a name. <laughs> yes, I mean, what, I actually had. I went and I went and found another article that was willing to give the name of the person, not because I was bringing it in my notes. I don't care. But because I want some evidence that this, by the way, was Wall Street Journal. I want some evidence that this was not just something entirely made up because you know what? I can tell people, according to White House spokespeople, you should listen to Grumpy Old Ben's. And that's just as true if I'm not naming sources. Well, because nobody's there to call you on the bullshit. Now, if you say a specific person said something, they can come out and go, no, I didn't. If you just say sources, then nobody can ever come out and say, no, that's not what I said. Or I've been taken out of context. The other favorite thing with the media is to just take a little bite and ignore the words around it, even though if they greatly change the meaning of the sentence. So it comes down. We could say, oh, this person said this, but you cut off the sentence mid sentence. You don't let the whole thought come out. You don't see that what they were saying was the exact opposite of the little clip and this is what goes as far as news because technically they're reporting correctly but the reality is very very deceiving which is why the media has self-destructed the amount of people watching i mean that's the other good thing about this since the trump show ended there's a lot less people paying attention to the mainstream media now that things are starting to get back to normal less well, the, the, as the trump show really ended it feels like they're in syndication now you know they're, they're doing reruns well and there this is part of the democrat plan which i think is really nefarious and interesting at the same time the story i bet you everybody listening to us right now heard the story that is being passed around. Oh, Donald Trump says he's going to be reinstated by August. He's telling his closest <laughs> confidants. Yeah. And which, which, by the way, wouldn't be, have been it wouldn't have been a story anywhere outside of 8chan, except that a couple of 
of leftist bloggers picked up on it and made a huge deal about it and said, look, stay scared. Trump might be back. (laughs) Well, it originated with Maggie Haberman, which is a reporter. I mean, put that in air quotes with the New York Times that when uh, Trump was in office, wrote, oh, I saw a stat that was hundreds of articles that were anti-Trump during his presidency. That was like her whole job was to write anti-Trump stuff. And I I know people love when I bring up Bill O'Reilly, but he's a buddy of Trump's and he saw him recently and talked to him for an hour or so. He said uh, this never came up. And he's like, I can guarantee you if Trump would have been thinking this or telling people this, he would have heard about it. He's like, nobody he knows that knows Trump has heard Trump saying he thinks he's going to be reinstated. This is more just fear porn. I guess maybe the fear porn from the virus is waning. So now they want to, they're getting ready for the next round of elections. Yeah, they're getting ready for the next round of elections. And this is, oh, we don't want anybody like Trump back. And we, we, you know, we can, they can only stoke that Russia fire. So you know what this is? This is, this is the influence of, of oversaturation of superhero comics on society. (laughs) Always recycle your villains. Right. We have to. Well, yeah, because it's so hard to write a new character. Yeah, it's it's hard to write a convincing character. So if you get a popular villain and and your writing team does something so short sighted as killing him off, you got to come up with a way to bring him back. Yeah. How do you write? How do you bring that IP back to life? That's a lot of money going down the drain if you kill somebody off. And, and usually it's just as easy as, you know, in, in superhero comics, it's as easy as bringing back a magical MacGuffin. In, right, in, right. in the, in the found you know, the magical oh, look, a, Bemrose amulet and now he will be alive exactly. again. I want a magical Bemrose amulet. <laughs> but I thought it was great that uh, especially because of what's been going on with the talk of reparations and all of this. The fact that Donald Trump was in the news yesterday saying China owes the United States and the rest of the world. $10 trillion in reparations because of the Wuhan virus. I thought that was genius because who's going to come out and say, no, they don't <laughs> Biden. Right. It'll be like, oh, well, no, Biden will be like uh, banana pancakes. Um, yes. yes. Yeah. Corn, corn pop was corn pop. was a bad dude. He was a very bad dude. I think <laughs> he's from the south side of Chicago. Corn pop. I need to look him up, see if we can get him on the show. Uh, yes. Well, as as uh, as Huey Lewis used to say, sometimes bad is bad it's a great tune man sport i couldn't believe there was like the what, 35th anniversary of huey lewis and the new sports coming out and i'm like okay i'm old i, I that's yeah the- I, oh my god I, I had that on 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 cassette tape when it came out uh-huh. so, wow okay yeah stop making me feel old let's do a tech story yeah now people are like what is uh what is a cassette ryan i don't yeah, understand no kidding uh, how about Google removing their top diversity executive because they found previous anti-Semitic comments that they had made? Although I guess they don't look up these not, things. Not be- diverse enough in the right way. I guess, I guess they don't look anybody up anymore. You would think Google would have access to a whole lot of information. You know, I mean, they are Google. Yes, and all. but you have to be extremely selective about which information you look at. Yeah. Anything inconvenient, you have to just look the other way. It's the only way to function in society. And I mean, I or get at least in an over socialized society. And did I get people can say stupid things, uh, you know, especially when younger. So, I mean, I the stuff when it's like high school kids or college kids being crucified because of something they said, it's like, I don't know. I was an idiot at that age. I'm probably still an idiot now. And I don't think people should be judged for the rest of their life 
based upon one event, if they have learned, if they have grown, if they have had a change of heart, if they have more information now and look at things in a different way. But I just you're such an apologist. I know. Isn't it crazy? But uh, I'm not an apologist, though, for uh, I mean, Google. I mean, they can rot in hell. But there was another story where the faux woke corporations, I thought it was interesting because as some people may know, it is Pride Month. And here at Grumpy Old Ben's, we no, love everybody. No, you don't say. Yeah, we love everybody. I had everybody. never noticed from every corporate logo and every story and the uh, rainbow flags being painted on the damn overpass near here. And uh, oh, the, sorry. Yeah, it, it, it just somehow slipped my mind. Now, the thing is, if you want to totally rid yourself of those, at least, I mean, if they're on the overpass, there's only so much you can do. I mean, go paint over it. But if you want to rid yourself of these things online, it seems like there's a really easy way to do that, and that would be use a VPN and run it through the Middle East. You won't see any of this because it's amazing. Oh, my God. That that is genius. That would work. <laughs> it's amazing wow. how many of these corporations <laughs> and Breitbart pointed this out. And I'm looking at because, reading. because all of these woke corporations that are putting gay pride flags on everything that like stamping the front of a windows box with gay pride flag. Uh, there's no way they would be absolutely destroyed in Saudi Arabia. Yes. I didn't even think about that. Yes. And they, uh, Breitbart has been pointing those out. And, uh, there was a blogger, it looks like on Twitter that pointed this out. Darren Grimes, not that, uh, you know, no relation to the Grimes on, uh, Grimerica, but, uh, it's, uh, Other than the same name, right? Uh, Mercedes Benz in the U S. Oh yeah. They're totally in on pride. Mercedes Benz Middle East. No, didn't change their logo. BMW. Oh yeah. They have the rainbow BMW logo on their social media, but the BMW Middle East, uh, no. Cisco, same thing. Middle East, nothing in America. Yeah. Lenovo, Bethesda, uh, other companies. I mean, you can go look this up. I thought it was, you know, Nestle US. Yeah. Their logo was turned into a, uh, a rainbow colors, but everywhere else not. So are these companies really woke if they're not willing to take a stand? worldwide uh, where you know the lgbtq community is actually persecuted more than anywhere else i'm sorry they're not persecuted here in the u.s so all you're doing is being a bunch of woke assholes who aren't doing anything for good if you won't use your platform in the middle east to go hey stop being douchebags to the people uh, that are gay i'm gonna try to answer your question What's are these question? companies real? Your, your question was, are these companies really woke under these circumstances? And on the one hand, if if you take woke to be uh, a, a advocating for social issues, then no, they're not woke. They're greedy. That's it's what companies do. It is, you know, in in a sea of people who hate capitalism, doing stupid stuff like this for the purpose of pure greed is the most capitalist thing out there. But if, if under the definition of woke that says they are uh, doing whatever it takes in order to virtue signal and pander to the large number of people yes. who are over socialized and uh, have just been told that social issues are the th then yes, that is, that is the uh, Changing your logo and putting out marketing campaigns to exactly the people who will reward you for that kind of virtue signaling and not doing it to the people who would punish you for virtue signaling is the most woke thing that you can have.
which is also greedy. Yes. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, really, when you're like, hey, I'm glad they support my cause, you might want to think twice about that. And they uh, don't support any cause other than extracting <laughs> money from you. Yes. And if they, if they thought and, that putting the, the logo, if they thought that changing that would actually hurt their bottom line, they wouldn't do it. No question. I, I, I don't care how permanent your brain damage is from learning uh, common core math and critical race theory in school and being taught in third grade that you need to be an activist above and all else and hating your own race. If you look at a company like Mercedes Benz or Coca-Cola and think, boy, these people really seem to care about social issues. No, they care about making money. And if you think for a moment that they would not abandon a social issue the moment it was not profitable, then I'm sorry that even more than all of the other retardation of the left, that is the thing that like you're, you're honestly not thinking or applying your brain at all. You know, and if they are going, you know, I don't care. We're standing up for this and it's going to kill 80% of our profits. You know, then they're making a stand, but that is a very rare company that would do that. Then you're Mike Lindell. Yeah. That is, yeah, that is true. The uh, Coca-Cola, there were a couple of places. I read a few articles in, I think one was North Carolina. And these were just small little city governments and stuff that decided to remove all the Coca-Cola vending machines because they were going a little too leftist. And In the South? Yeah, believe it or not. Oh, um, my God. Coke is a religion down there. And it's interesting. I mean, it really is. Once you get to the point to where you're pissing off your base, who I mean, at know, what point do they get run out of Atlanta? I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I don't need my soft drink company to be politically active. Actually, I prefer it to be no. totally the opposite. No, I, you know, if I hadn't abandoned soft drinks for a long time because they're peddling poison and it, because it ruining my health trying to drink them, this would be a really good argument to abandon soft drinks. Yeah. Or find the, you know, find the company in the same line. So, I mean, if you really need some sugar water, you know, the company that's completely non-political maybe is the one you want to back because they just yeah. want to make their product. And the concept, I, is, I mean, Safeway Select, RC Cola, these are not company. These are companies who are just making a product and putting it on the shelves. Uh, the, you know, the, the store brand, go get the, the. These are the ones that are putting out a, a product and okay, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I totally interrupted you, but I have to finish this thought. The companies that are virtue signaling this hard, they are all the companies who've built their brand up to a point where they are raking in far more money than their brand is worth. Because Coke is peddling sugar water, but why do they have so much money that they can blow marketing on? on social causes. The reason that they have that is because they overcharge for their sugar water. And maybe you should be getting sugar water from someone else. Yeah. Get right out of your fridge. Just get some water and then put some sugar in it and get one of the little devices that'll throw some CO2 in it. If you want to get it carbonated. Oh, those are good. Uh Uh-huh. And I mean, the more I've been away from, I mean, I still have a few cans of RC in the fridge because RC is my favorite brand of the cola. But I haven't had them in a few months. And the more you stay away from that stuff, now the like flavored water sparkling type things, which I used to try and go, oh, these are horrible. They don't really taste like anything. 
all of a sudden your tastes do begin to change and those start seeming really a lot better and you don't have any of the chemicals and you can i was working working outside a couple months ago and uh you know got really thirsty because i think we were chopping wood or something and did the guy i was chopping wood with came out and handed me uh a pepsi and uh, you know at first it was like what do you want i said water's fine and he came out and handed me a pepsi it was it was uh, nice and cold right out of the fridge yeah well uh, but i took a drink and i'm like this is not even refreshing this is (laughs) just it's cloying and okay you know what pepsi is way too sweet anyway a lot of people a lot of people like oh i can do pepsi but it's not that it it could have been a coke it could have been a, a diet coke but i'm sitting here going i am thirsty because i've been working give me water my body does not want to deal with all of this sugar oh i know and i've been off the sugar and aspartame is 10 times worse before oh, you say diet no i can't stand that stuff aspartame i accidentally bought some stuff with aspartame in it and i'm just like no my wife now loves it it was the uh aldi Ugh. key lime drink or like key lime soda it was like no i can't deal with aspartame and we did stop though at uh the uh the home of the caffeinated drink beverage which is all starbucks is I- really good for by the way, I, I, I have to I will say there is exactly one beverage that had a, a sugar substitute that I actually liked. And that was a, you, you have to go way back, like into the early 90s and even the 80s. Um, Fresca, Ooh. which was a, a grapefruit flavored soda. And first of all, if you think grapefruit tastes good, then your taste buds are all messed up. <laughs> this is I, it, it. It is awful stuff. It is tart. It, but. You know, and the idea of a grapefruit flavored soda has never worked for me, but it had saccharin. It was one of the first sugarless drinks. It was a grapefruit flavored soda with saccharin and saccharin, of course, is known to the state of California to cause cancer. But for some reason, grapefruit soda and saccharin worked great. And those frescas were good. And then sometime in the mid 90s, they switched their formula and removed the saccharin and added aspartame instead and it was just bad it was like vomit inducing bad <laughs> like tab okay not that bad <laughs> yeah they finally got rid of that like la- this uh during the pandemic i think finally killed tab i'm like this is still around who's buying it i don't know i have reached the point where the only you know soft drink sugar water in a can the only way that I can consume that anymore is equal parts Coke and whiskey. I, I can I can handle that, but but that's about it. I, like it has to be a mixer in alcohol. Otherwise, I can't drink it straight anymore. It's too damn sweet. It's awful. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't mind the sweet every now and then. And we stopped at Starbucks and had a frappuccino, which was like a mocha chip. Something. Oh, doesn't that mess up your diet? Yeah, it did. Well, that's again, you, every now and then you have a day where you're like, screw it, and then you go back and jump onto it. Uh, but I could tell because is there anything at Starbucks that isn't a, technically classified as a dessert, by the way? Well, well, yeah, they do just do coffee, but I guess black coffee. Yeah. Or, you know, something <laughs> that uh, doesn't have any of which the roasted so dark, you might as well be drinking a cup of charcoal, which is why you have to- people. The cream, you need the cream. Yeah, the people need the cream and sugar to to cover the flavor of Starbucks awful roast. It's like we got the uh, the mocha cookie crumble frappuccino, and I added uh, two pumps of raspberry flavoring to it. Oh my god! And an extra shot of espresso. 
So, I mean, it was loaded. And while you, while you were sipping on it, could you feel your arteries hardening? No, but I, I got the, the caffeine and sugar rush. I mean, the caffeine I drink daily, so that wasn't the big deal. But the sugar rush was definitely there. And it was the first time in a long time, like an hour or so after having that was like, oh, oh an hour later, you're you're done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that there. is the danger with sugar that people don't understand is that, yeah, you'll get a little boost, but it's going to well, eventually run you into the ground. Th- this was something I figured out at Microsoft because uh, at Microsoft, at least as long as I worked there and probably still. Uh, the the kitchens have you know they've got the standard they've got the coffee machines and they've got the tea and everything but they've got large fridges that are stocked every single day with cans of soda free and I would go in and drink sugary soda and code for years and years and then I realized I was gaining weight I'm like maybe I wonder what's happening I maybe I need more exercise no I needed to stop drinking sugary soda but were you uh, were you slamming with, were you slamming the balls in your mouth. No, no. In fact, that's a totally different podcast. <laughs> that was, uh, I remember when that stuff came out, the B A W L S. Yeah. Yeah. The original energy drinks, right? That was it, like the it first. Was, it was, I will say it was better than Red Bull when mixed with vodka, but taken straight, that stuff was awful too. I might just, I, I might have terrible tastes. I, I don't like all the consumer products that are full of sugar. What's going on? But uh, the, the story was, though, as long as I had unlimited free sugary beverages, I could keep going and keep my coating high and keep my sugar high going all day. And it didn't even matter that I would drive home and I would come home and was completely beat, dead, exhausted, did not want to do anything with my evening. I thought I was just exhausted from a day at work and somewhere along the line i switched and stopped drinking the sugary beverages or you know i started out going okay i'll have a couple in the morning and i realized that an hour after my last can of soda i couldn't even focus on the screen and the fix of course would go get another can of soda but i tried something else i i stopped drinking soda and started you know filling a jug with water and stuff at work and yeah, for a while, I was definitely dragging in the morning, but I had energy after work. I was not dead. I could, I could mow the lawn. I could do dishes. I could, I mean, oh, wow. I wasn't just completely beat when I stopped drinking. That stuff is poison. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, eventually, if you go with the continual soda consumption, the other uh, downside is you no longer fit in your car to be able to go back and forth to work. <laughs> that was a cons- well. Fortunately, I have a I have a Buick. It is a oh. full size American sedan made of real metal. <laughs> so you're like, I could just keep going. I could just push I, the seat back an extra few inches. I may or may not have have brake checked somebody who was in a Honda Accordion once, uh, who was not paying attention because it was a 16 year old kid who was playing road games and trying to intimidate me and getting right behind and flashing. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm brake checking. And, uh, when the cop showed up and then his dad showed up, they were really, really, really pissed at me because there was zero visible damage on my full size American metal fucking car. And that Honda Accordion, every single crumple zone worked. You're just like, let me just let me get a little cloth here and wipe off the bumper. Good. We're perfect. And we are 58 minutes in. I just dropped my first F bomb. I'm doing better. See, wow. the kinder, gentler Sir Bemrose is, is coming out. If you like the kinder, gentler Sir Bemrose, let us know. 
Right. Then donate at grumpyoldbens.com. Right. Or grumpyoldbens.com slash. And if you want donate. the old Ben Rose back, then donate. Then donate. Is there is the amount if you what is the what is the rage number that uh, they can donate for rage would be like, what, sixty six dollars and sixty six cents as high as you can go as high as you can go. Right. That <laughs> seems to be an even better deal. But that's why I loved my first car, which was a 1977 Olds Delta 88. I mean, if you want to talk about a yeah. tank on wheels. Yes. That was that's, it. That's an that's an APC. It was the kind of car that if you were in the lane that didn't need to merge in the lane next to you needed the merge, people that thought they were going to get you to move over because they were you know right up next to you. No, no. I, I know I've I know I've told this story before, but one of my favorite vehicles that that we ever had growing up was uh, a 1977 Chevy Scottsdale that. Uh, was a mi- the the paint job was a mis- mix of tan and rust, and one <laughs> Did of the it fenders start that way or just you know the rust when, eventually when, pulled in. When we got it, it had already had most of these customizations. It was the the paint job was a mix of tan and rust. The front fender was badly wrinkled and had just been left that way, and the back end in in an obvious aftermarket edition had been the the bed of the truck had been removed and replaced. With a big steel flatbed, which itself was also dented and it had, uh, you know, it had the, the dual wheels on the back. And I mean, this thing was as ugly as it was utilitarian. And one of my favorite trips was hitching a trailer full of firewood onto the back of that truck. And then for some reason, I don't remember why. I think we were catching a ferry or something. We had to drive hey, now, downtown. This is, come Seattle. On. Why would you say that during this particular month? This is I Pride just month. said Seattle. Oh, so, of course, okay. there were a ton of ferries there. They, <laughs> they mostly by the waterfront. They pull up all the time. They, you know, pick up drivers. You anyway, know, but at least ask if it's OK before you jump on a ferry. So driving this thing with a, a, a an equally beat up trailer full of firewood, the bed is full of firewood. The thing is, and it, it just looks like hell. And it is it is literally a tank. Everything is all steel wrinkled. and driving it in downtown seattle you amidst all of the plastic little compact cars and the electrics and things like that you put your blinker on everybody scatters <laughs> like, you put your blinker on i'm coming over the the block is empty it's like cockroaches when you turn the lights on huh <laughs> that thing was so intimidating and it was uh, it, it was what like i had a cop who uh, i'm taking over a lane and a cop rolls up gets in and is about to merge in front of me and i see him do his his head check and he sees me and i'm like there's room he's probably gonna pull in and then he hits his brakes and goes in behind me like nope (laughs) (laughs) you don't know how crazy you are i with driving something that looks like that i there, there is something to be said about driving old fashioned american steel on the road yeah it uh it's hard to stop that stuff and if i can uh, borrow a dean martin joke from way back hey do you know how you make a fruit cordial talk nice uh, to him i guess yeah i, I suppose so. <laughs> yeah, you can't use those jokes anymore they are they're not they're not so polite i brought a scotus story Ooh, supreme court they have been doing some very interesting stuff over the last week 
Well, I think the the big one from the last couple of days was uh, they had a a pretty big ruling on the CFAA, the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. Did you read about this one? Yes, it was about the cop looking up license plates. Yes. Uh, so, uh, it was a Nathan Van Buren, who was a police sergeant in Georgia. This guy was a real piece of work. He was taking money from friends and whoever decided to pay him in order to go looking, look up information in the DMV database, the, the database that all the cops have were like, you know, like, well, we checked the, you know, we checked his license plate and we realized that his brother-in-law owes 50 bucks to a friend. You know, they, I mean, they have a lot of information on you. And of course this is supposed to be accessible to cops only. And he was taking bribes. He was taking money from whoever wanted to pay, I guess, to, look stuff up and give him information out of this database. And when he was caught, he was convicted for accessing the database illegally and for violating the computer fraud and abuse act. Um, now uh, through his appeals, he was acquitted of accessing the database illegally because they determined that actually being a cop, it was perfectly legal for him to access this database. Correct. Uh, however, the CFAA charge made it all the way to the Supreme court. Uh, the CFAA makes illegal accessing a computer without authorization and also makes illegal exceeding authorized access. Um, the this has been a, a problematic law from the perspective of people who, who who like rights online for quite a while, because in the broadest reading, uh, the which had never been clarified by Congress and had, in fact, never been clarified by the Supreme Court. The broadest reading of this um, is that this. Violating a site's terms of service violates the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, because if somebody says, you know, you're not allowed to send more than five messages a day and you send six, then you are no longer authorized to be using that according to the terms of service. Right. And the CFAA, under a broad reading, makes using that computer now a felony. Um this, by the way, uh, probably one of the most notable people who was made victim of this law was Aaron Swartz, who uh, was a founder of Reddit, was a big contributor to EFF, was generally a really good guy. And he was driven to suicide, what, seven, eight years back by a prosecutor who was about to throw the book at him under the CFAA because he had uh, leaked. Uh, what was it was the. I think it was the legal database. What was it called? Rapid? No, the uh, a Pacer. He leaked Pacer database information. Uh, he, you know, Pacer is is a database that contains legal uh, documents, basically court decisions, the kind of thing that really should be public domain. And Pacer makes it available for a fee. And Swartz was going out and downloading articles and then publishing them. And Pacer didn't like that. And the prosecutor said, well, you exceeded authorized access. And they made him commit suicide by threatening him with a life in prison. Um, generally bad stuff. Well, the Supreme Court has ruled that um, the CFAA only covers those who obtain information from particular areas in the computer to which their computer access does not extend. What this means, and, and in particular, uh, they threw out the charges against Nathan Van Buren because as part of his job, he was authorized to use that DMV database. He right. was authorized to look up that information. He was not violating the the authorization that he was given. He was just using it in such a way 
that was above and beyond what he did. Right. If you have access to a computer, you don't have to hack into the computer. So if you're using it for something you're not supposed to be, you technically have not hacked into it. And it is an important distinction to make, I think. I mean, there should still be repercussions for cops that use the stuff at their disposal to do bad things. But you do have to be specific. And and by the way, I was uh, I I found this, uh, you know, one of the sources I found was on uh, Hacker News and I found a particularly awesome comment on Hacker News, uh, which points out what what Mr. Van Buren should have been charged with and looked up laws. This he was in Georgia, uh, GA 332 abuse of official power. GA 333 exceeding official powers, GA 338 taking bribes and 18 USC 201 uh, public official taking bribes. These are all things that he was guilty of and should have been charged with and would have stuck. But instead, the prosecutor decided to go CFAA on him. I, the, the guy's a piece of work. He, I mean, that that is some douchey stuff, but I, I, I don't think that. I don't think he exceeded authorized access, and I think this is a win for the Supreme Court. Yeah, and I mean, the weird thing with the Supreme Court is, I mean, I think they got this one right, but there's been a lot of talk now that Joe Biden got elected about stacking the court. No, he didn't. Well, okay. (laughs) Now that Joe Biden has been... Now that Joe Biden was installed? Installed as President of the United States, there's a lot of people talking about the stacking of the court. Because the people that are very far on the left want to do it. The Pelosi's and Schumer's, they want to do it. Biden, brain is mush. He doesn't even have his Oval team this morning. Who knows? I don't know. G- given how, how Trump's three appointees sent, seem to be siding with the leftist judges on the court, it feels like Trump already did that for Biden. It, well, the, you could make that argument that it's not needed, but there is a rarity when it comes down to most supreme court decisions there is usually a split of some way meaning it gets voted you know five to four or whatever the the split may be in almost every case you have well here is the opinion from the chief justice that was for this ruling and then here was the chief dissenter and there's their reason why they voted against there have been four rulings by the supreme court in the past week or so that have gone nine zero, which to me is the Supreme Court sending a message. Maybe I'm just reading a lot into this, but to me, this I, seems like the Supreme Court sending a message that it wouldn't just be you. Lots of people interpret it as that. Yeah, that, you know, if you want to try stacking us, this isn't going to work for you that they are, you know, these justices or you're going to have to add 10 new justices. Yeah, which uh, which would become a very dangerous game for. For Joe Biden, I mean, you could maybe make the case that, oh, we need a couple of more. But yeah, Let, if, let's face it. Checkers is a very dangerous game for Joe Biden. <laughs> well, especially if he plays it he with can shot choke glasses. On the pieces. Yeah, that's true. Joe, do not put them in your mouth, Joe. Somebody take those away from him. No small pieces around the president, please. Uh, you know, he was already going back on uh, Wednesday night to Delaware for the long weekend. No, Joe, it's Wednesday. Who takes a four day? <laughs> Somebody who wants a very long weekend. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I um, I've said this before, so I know it's repetitive. I long for the days where the media complained that George Bush 
And then he stopped golfing, but Bush was golfing too much, and then Bush stopped because, oh, he has serious work to do. Why isn't he doing yeah. the work? And then the same thing hey, with Obama, um, Obama, golfing too much. Oh, but he Trump, didn't stop. Golfing too much. Right. Neither Trump nor Obama stopped golfing. No. <laughs> Joe Biden, I mean, golf, please, Joe, go golf. Let us get that. Can oh, we- my God. He would eat the <laughs> he would eat the club. He, he would stick the balls in his mouth. He wouldn't be able to make three steps. I don't know. But... Uh, I miss those days where the presidents golf too much, and I I don't understand. I mean, I I do understand, but I don't know how the public at large, except for most of them, don't know what's going on. Understand that you have a president that has pretty much been checked out from day one, and the interesting still though, him and Kamala still don't seem to be getting along because he knew the border. I mean, let's okay. Let me rephrase this. I don't know if he knew. But the people running Joe, I mean, Jill Biden, I think, knows what's going on at the border. Yes, his handlers, which is why publicly going, yeah, Kamala Harris, uh, she'll she'll be in charge of this. And she's just been nowhere too. there. I don't think those I don't think they like each other. We know from Kamala Harris calling Joe basically a racist during the primaries that uh, there's not a whole lot of love between them. And I think Joe and his handlers maybe I'm, trying I'm to, not, to, to, to I, torpedo I'm not her convinced. i'm not convinced politicians at that level are capable of love <laughs> well of themselves oh there, yes there's yes. definitely that but this is going to be interesting to watch because the supreme court having a 9-0 decision is usually a pretty rare thing having four of them in a short period of time is it has to be sending a message do you, i mean do you have the list of cases what what they ruled on i do not in front of me but people could do their own homework i mean there's four of them you can look them up scotus yes. baby or, or we we could live google things on the show we and that? we would be just we would be just like all the other shows on the network so do you want me to like put the microphone down here and no. be like no let's not you know what screw that yeah okay we were it was breaking news I, you know what? I, I do all of my web searching before the show. I do all of my Googling. All of my Googling ended in about 2007. Now you're duck, duck going. Yeah. Because it's much harder to say that, though. Just duck, duck, go it. Yes. It's just bing it. People. You're right. But then you can't anymore because Microsoft is anti-conservative now. Uh, yes. Or but at least uh, you know, it, it affects what I look for. I, you're right. Okay. Anyway. Maybe we should thank experts. Well, we, before we do that, we, I do have another okay. tech story. Let's get this in first because it's all uh, right. It's, let's. It's, it's about crypto. And I mean, we know some experts pay in crypto. OK, because we do allow that. Uh, but this isn't okay, about you, you talk about crypto. I need to get up and pee then. <laughs> well, this is about the Norton antivirus program now, including Ethereum crypto mining within their software, which is. Uh, OK, not- it. it- who gets the proceeds of that mining? Well, the people mining, of course, except I mean, and this hasn't been uh, put out there yet. This information is not out there. But like when I do the crypto mining, the one that Amidas turned me on to, you know, Amidas from Fun Fact Friday, he's feeling under the weather. So if you're listening, Amidas, hope you're feeling better. You know, hope it's oh, not got the Ronas. Yeah, he had it before, he said. But if it's like second wave Rona, that could be or, really or, or if it's like just another cold because it's been long enough. It could be. You never know. But he, well, the place he turned me on to that has the mining pool is part of the whole mining pool thing is because when you're mining crypto, it's very hard to do it on your own. You need a lot of CPU power to be able to do this. 
on your own. So most people do a mining pool, which is a bunch of people getting together all their computers, all part of what's going on, working towards the mathematical problems that you need to do when you're mining the crypto. Now, like the place that we've been using, which is twominers.com, they take 1%, which seems fair because you can just, you don't have to mine all the time. You could bounce in and out. I'm assuming that's what Norton's going to do, but this has not been disclosed, but I could see, and I would not blame them for that aspect of it's like, well, yes, as part of the mining thing, 1% of what you pull in goes to Norton, which could be huge if a lot of people start using this aspect. Now, the the nefarious thing would be if this was just doing this in the background, no matter what, which I don't think. Well, uh, but the the first nefarious thing is is Norton. Well, right. I I mean, do you think that that adding crypto is somehow going to convince people to install their malware? The interesting part is when I decided to try the crypto thing out and just see the mining and what my particular systems could do, trying to install or run the little program, which is open source, which I download directly from, you know, the GitHub, which of course I know GitHub has been compromised in the past, but I know this is virus free or 99.99%, you know, sure that this is virus free. GitHub is owned by Microsoft, but there's still a, a very large amount of, of very righteous projects on the system. Now, when I tried to start mining my antivirus, which uh, was at Norton, it's uh, Bitdefender, but this is common for almost all antivirus systems. When you try to run the crypto miner, it's like, no, no, no. And it throws it into the, uh, you know, the zone where it wants to be disinfected and it wants to delete the files. So this was Norton going, you know, it's really inconvenient when you're trying to mine cryptocurrency and your antivirus deletes the program. So let's include the program in your antivirus, which so uh, I'm I'm obviously biased having worked in in the operating system uh, where we had to deal with really subtle bugs caused by antivirus companies installing a rootkit on the system that intercepts the system calls and sometimes doesn't always forward them on correctly or or may accidentally corrupt some kernel memory while it's so uh i I, as far as i'm concerned every single one of these third-party antivirus packages is a is malware it is a rootkit it might be the malware you want on your system but it makes perfect sense that if you ever Ever, ever. And by the way, don't do this unless you want to pave the machine right afterward, because it will not be useful for anything ever again. There is no uninstall. By the way, there is no uninstalling a rootkit. And that goes for antivirus programs, too. You you can't. If you say uninstall, it's going to leave detritus in your kernel that's sitting there. It's a ticking time bomb. You're going to get a blue screen when you least expect it. You won't have any reason to, or no idea why. You're going to blame Microsoft saying, oh, Microsoft can't make anything. When really it was because of that McAfee crap that was in there that corrupted some kernel call. Anyway, that was a rant. Well, and they're, uh, and they're not alone in that. They are not alone in that. It has gotten slightly better in the past. If you go back to whatever company it is, and the nefarious part is, you know, a lot of these systems you'll buy from manufacturers like Dell will come pre-installed with one of these things like, oh, you got a free trial of Norton. Yeah. 
And then you have to delete that or you have to just wipe to Windows, which isn't a yeah. bad idea. My, anytime my, you get my, a new. my advice when it was whenever uh, you got a computer like that, especially if it came with something like an antivirus in it. My advice did doesn't did no matter who you get the computer from, no matter which company is putting the crapware on the system, uh, whether it is is Dell or Lenovo or uh, IBM Apple. or Apple or anyone is wipe the system and put a fresh install of Windows on. You, wait, you're going to buy an Apple computer and then put a fresh install of Windows on it if you want it to be usable, <laughs> which is actually what I did with my last Apple laptop. Uh, they don't let you do that as easily anymore. but. My biggest issue with this, well, before we get to that, the the thing to do is, and it works most of the time, I mean, you may not be able to uh, prevent that blue screen two years down the road. Maybe it misses something, but the reputable companies that are making antivirus, and you can decide <laughs> who those are, um, but the bigger, okay, let's put it this way, the larger antivirus companies will yeah, usually the, the have- that- the ones that have larger marketing budgets than than software development. Yeah, they usually have a piece of software that you should go download. Don't just go into add and remove programs and try to delete your antivirus. If it's a Norton antivirus, go to Norton and do a search for Norton uninstaller. If it's Bitdefender, Bitdefender uninstaller. Search for that. Usually, the company making the antivirus will have already put together a script that looks for every last bit of their code on the system and will do a better job deleting it than just going to I, uninstall a bold move. Assuming that that even works. Yes. It, it has here, in the past a, for me. Here's a dirty secret about software uninstallers. They very seldom remove all traces of the software. And uh, part of that is bugs. Part of that is, is hubris. And part of it is the software developer in uh, honestly trying to be helpful, especially, you know, there's a lot of software where it's like, you know, if it's highly configurable, they'll be like, you know, they, they may have spent a really long time configuring this and then they decided to uninstall it probably because they just needed the disk space. And we want to make sure that just in case they ever want to use the software again, they can reinstall it and we will just magically have all their settings again. So let's go ahead and leave all their configuration files in the registry just in case. Yeah. And so uninstallers very seldom do a real uninstall. And there are interesting uninstallers. IOBit has one. I'm sure others do where they uninstall the program and then they show you everything that's in the registry that's attached to that program. And yes, these things can cause further problems, but it's interesting to see the remnants that most of the uninstallers leave behind. And I think people should know what's going on when they install or uninstall stuff. But with this Norton crypto thing, the most nefarious thing is every story I've seen on this so far reads like a native ad for Norton. So I don't know what kind of <laughs> money they put out to the folks at Tom's Hardware or Tom's Guide and others. I think that's part of Tom's Hardware. Uh, again, old. old- you know, there are a lot of companies out there that have a name and a lot of money, but are not putting out quality products. But it's hard to tell because they can throw so much money at keeping their name up. New York Times, for example. Yes. And right now it's only for Ethereum. And we all know Ethereum is scrambling to try to change from uh, the proof of work to proof of stake, which will... Uh, May change this really quickly from Norton. Maybe that's that, why they need to get would, this out. That there. would fundamentally alter the entirety of the coin. Yes, yes, it would. 
And uh, we do have some experts to thank. I, yeah. For, oh, sorry. For today's grumpy old Ben's. And I we, like experts. And uh, if you're not live in the troll room when we do these shows and there's 204 trolls right now that are listening to us live on the stream, that is an all time grumpy old Ben's high. So uh, that's the first time we've breached the, uh, the wow. two century mark. So thank you for oh, wow. tuning in. To grumpy I mean, old we'll, we'll be at no agenda type numbers in no time. <laughs> well, especially we are, if we, if, especially if we steal their time slot. Yeah, well, we just need to like multiply that by seven or so. Uh, Ten, twenty? No, seven um, or eight. Why, no, why stop there? I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to ex- be go beyond that, but for a weekday no agenda, they're usually in that like sixteen hundred to eighteen hundred. So we're at two. The math isn't even that hard for me and you. You can just multiply that by eight, and we're there. So if everybody listening today would tell eight friends and force them to listen, that would yes. be, that would be delightful. That, t- tie them down if necessary. Get <laughs> we, the bondage gear out of the dungeon basement. Why would it be in the basement? People use that stuff all the time. Now that uh, now that oh, the, that's right, yeah. Zoom calls. <laughs> this is how you dress up. See now that's to see if you can get a job and you have that first Zoom call with the rest of the office. Yeah, dress up in your favorite bondage gear. See how that goes over, and see if people are really. You know, see if nobody pays any attention. It was kind of like the episode of MASH where he's like, I could go naked except for my boots and, uh, you know, how long it will take before somebody even to notice. Oh, that's Hawkeye did that. And and in the episode, he like walks out of the, the swamp, out of his tent, you know, walks across the compound into the mess tent, picks up a tray. And it's like minutes into that that somebody finally notices that he's not wearing if if my experience with this experiment is is any indication um people notice right away but most of them are too timid to say anything use that to your advantage yes yes use the fact that people are afraid of confrontation to go out and there's a question of the troll what do you call somebody turning on somebody to uh the grumpy old ben show i mean hitting in the mouth is no agenda I mean, grumpy old bands, we always said is more just like kicking them in the balls or something. But, uh, you know, giving maybe giving them a, a computer virus would be uh, what you do when you turn them on to grumpy old bands. But we do work on the value for value model, which means we do the shows. We put them out there. We don't have any paywalls. We don't charge you anything up front. If you got value, you put it into a number that means something to you. You go over to grumpy dot com slash donate and turn that into a PayPal donation. By clicking the donate button one time or monthly, you can use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the snail mail route, or you can use one of the cryptocurrencies that we have listed there. And I mean, if you're on Patreon already, we have patreon.com slash grumpy old Ben's, and you can do that as well. Now, coming in today, our lone executive producer, and this is a monthly donation, which is the highest monthly donation we've been getting. So it definitely requires some uh, special love and care and it's uh, from our buddy cold acid coming in with 50 bucks and he i know he loves when we talk bad about his show rare encounter that he does with abel kirby oh i got some of that later (laughs) good good see now save that up because that'll be like extra value for cold acid rareencounter.net and i listen well if, if if we do it right he'll also have some clips he can pull they do love to pull the clips, which is good because the clips are at least clear and you don't have that background noise that's always going on. And I mean, I listen to Rare Encounter normally before going to bed. So I put the head, you know, the earbuds in and you can really hear 
the background noise. I mean, they, they're doing a great it, it, job with the background noise. Do, do you have trouble with with hearing their voices in your sleep afterward? Yes. Yes. Um, it's like, very weird. I, I mean, you're sitting here going, why am I having this recurring dream about Bill Gates arguing with Alan Alda? It's <laughs> that does kind of what they sound like. Um, but yeah, I've had that happen a few times while listening to podcasts. If you fall asleep where I'll wake up from a dream that was I was a part of the conversation. And it's usually then me trying to take part and being like, no, no, you're wrong. And here's why. But they keep talking because they can't hear me because it's just a dream. And I'm listening to a podcast. So, uh, I mean, if you want to do that, you can do that as well. I would just recommend it's a little extra value to cold acid. You may want to try Zencaster or one of those types of programs to do your podcast. So cold acid could have a local recording rather than his bandwidth breaking up through the whole episode, every episode, just saying it might make the show a little bit better. That's you, our you could also try moving to a place where they've discovered the internet. No, he's in Canada. They don't, there's not many of them up there, <laughs> but he can come across the great lakes, man. There was talk earlier of having people like adopt poor Canadians. Do you want him in, to get shot? Coming in over the Great Lakes, the great Canadian in insurrection or uh, I don't know. But I mean, if he came over the border, nobody would even notice. He All he would have to do is say he's Bill Gates, son, and they'll be like, oh, you sound just like him. But thank you, Cold Acid, for your support of the grumpiest podcast in the universe. Yeah, coming or or in, as they as they say in Mexico, much grass. No, it's muchos gracias, amigo. Isn't that what I said? Kind of. But I mean, it's the Seattle accent that throws everything off. Right. Coming in at 11.11, David Hagland was a check. No note, nothing. We appreciate that. Coming in at 10 bucks, Bernard Engelskircher, who I always butcher his name, but he never corrects me. And I appreciate I, 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 that. It sounds, as far as I'm concerned, that that's correct. It's the only way I've ever heard the name. Then I am doing it correct. And uh, also coming in at 10 bucks. Brian Janak, I was corrected on that, and I'm now getting it correctly, I think, because uh, I used to I used to make that G hard, and I make everything hard. That's what podcasters do. We take easy things, and we make them hard. So yes. I was saying grumpy Brian, old Ben's. Yes. Grumpy old Ben's. Yes. We make it hard. <laughs> okay. Now, there I was, is. I was trying to do it where you weren't talking over it so you could pull it cleanly, but no, you had to keep talking. Okay. We're going to. Okay. We clean pull, clean pull. Okay. Do that again. And uh, let's set it up. Lights. Everybody good. Okay. Three, two. Grumpy old Ben's. We make it hard. Nice. I like it. So, yeah, it's not Brian Genak. It's Brian Genak. And we appreciate you supporting the grumpiest podcast in the universe coming in at 696 it's a check it seems to show up more than once a month from Brett, betty solero we appreciate that and if you're sending in via checks make out the checks to darren o'neill and put gob in the subject uh, subject line or memo line whatever that is and if you have any notes or anything to add to that I mean, we know your online bill pay is doing that you can always email me darren d-a-r-r-e-n at grumpyoldbens.com subject line or something you know donation note or whatever and that way we can add that as well because there's so many different ways to pay and a lot of them you can't put a note so just be aware of that coming in at uh 666 today Stu coats i believe that is a new name on the list and the the devil's number so i don't know exactly what he's trying to tell us but uh it's appreciated six we, we can guess the number of the Bembros, uh, is that what it is? Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it could be. That'd be a good guess. 
And uh, we also have the uh, Patreones. This is the first show of June. And I totally forgot to do this on Random Thoughts for the two folks over there. So, I mean, hey, we'll, we'll catch up on the next show. But from uh, Patreon, five bucks from Steve E., Steve McConnell, Dennis Woods, and of course, last but not least, Manny Shevitz, one of the best Patreon names now that uh, Airport Pooper has gone to uh, the crypto line uh, uh, and the, or the Bembrose Bidet Fund, all of those. I mean, have you gotten a bidet yet? I mean, people want to know. No, 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 no. I, you know, I, I did, however, discover that you can get very, very clean if the cat falls in the toilet right before you sit down. <laughs> well, I would think you would get scratched, too, at that point. That does happen. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it's clean blood. It, uh, you know what? We should go on. Yes. Yes, we should. But thank you to everybody for supporting Grumpy Old Ben's. Thanks for everybody, especially tuning in live. Over 200 people live. That is uh, that's got me. That's got me a little jitty here. And so go to the uh, no agenda stream dot com is the place you want to get into the troll room or get the live stream or you can get the live stream at grumpy dot com as well. Just click the little play button. We do these shows at noon Mondays and Fridays live like clockwork. We are here doing the work so you don't have to. I mean, Bevers, you even read some bills. I mean, you're, you're really turning into uh, to Jennifer Briney. Hey. It is, you know, but it it was so much easier when in the Trump era, because the guy got to the point, it is a lot harder with with these virtue signaling people who want you know, that the, the bills that come out of the Democrat Party seem to have two things in that that goals in mind. And one is that they they need to make sure that there is enough virtue signaling that every single minority group that they're pandering to looks at it and says, yeah, this is good. We like this. And the other goal in mind seems to be, they have to add enough text to fully completely obscure what they're doing. And if they can, you know, the, the result is that they need hundreds and hundreds of pages. And I just don't have the energy to go through the, you know, some of the stuff that, that Trump came out with was like a, a, an entire bill sent to Congress that was nine pages. Right. Or like, it's like five words <laughs> or an executive order that was literally two paragraphs. I love those. I thought it was like four I, words. Kiss my orange ass. And that was kind of that's the one he should have said. Yes. Yeah. Our buddy cold acid. Speaking of cold acid was uh, inquiring with people yesterday if he should start a podcast basically being the briny of Canada where he would report on the legislation. And I'm like. Why would you Only want to do that to yourself? Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, why would you want to do that to yourself? He's like, well, it's a needed thing. And it may be, but it understand. Might be. Yeah, understand the, the repercussions. It, it might be. And if, if he wants to be the one to sacrifice himself on that altar, then I say go for it. But man, better you than me. Yeah. God bless you, cold acid. So what do you got? You said there was this was there uh, a text. I got, you wanted to- uh, I, OK, OK. Well, so this is a follow up to a story we had on Friday, right at the end of Friday. Uh, Microsoft early Friday morning had released their Windows 10 package manager and the WinGet program. Oh, right. And um, they uh, first of all, uh, what could possibly you know, I, I didn't have a lot of information. So I was kind of reading from the press release and we were speculating, but I didn't speculate on on the, the biggest result that came out of this. I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. But um, 
the best part about it, and and I probably should have pointed this one out, what because I, I did think of it and didn't mention is um if you're going to release something to the public that has a chance of lots and lots of people jumping on and colliding into a massive cluster train wreck of people all interfering with each other. When is the absolute best time to release that? I would argue. How about the Friday before a three day weekend? So in case people bork their system, there'll be a lot of time to get it back up and running. Well, people didn't break their own system, but uh, over the course of that weekend, um, they received over 3000 packages just in the weekend before they had to shut the system down for, and I, you know, I'm, I'm going to start with, um, this came out in bleeping computer on Tuesday and I, I pulled it into my notes that day and, uh, we kind of got scooped. We, we wouldn't have had it if we, if we didn't have a Monday show, but we wouldn't have had this for Monday anyway. So we got scooped by rare encounter and people, where, <laughs> although people wanted to know where we were Monday, it's like it was Memorial day. Yeah, we 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 took time off, and um, you know, if you think that we shouldn't take any more time off, then uh, donate. Go ahead and donate and say so in your note. Yes. Um. So the the story I like I like the way this you know a rare encounter Abel Kirby always does a rundown of all the podcasts on the stream, and uh, he said uh, the way he introduced this was uh, he said, "Well, Grumpy Old Ben's didn't do a show, and so we didn't have any tech news, so I'm going to bring some tech news." And then talks about this, this Winget story and the, the package manager. Um, Did he say it like, I'm Abel Kirby and I'm going to get the story before grumpy old beds. I lack the ability to do an impression the way you just did it. Um, the nice thing is that uh, Abel Kirby won't actually know. I, we can talk about this story anyway, because Abel Kirby won't know because clearly he has absolutely no idea that we do shows on Fridays. We do. Wait, when did I've, we start I've the Friday this, show? Well, I've noticed this before on Rare Encounter before where uh, Abel Kirby will bring every single time he brings a rundown of what happened on other shows in the stream. But he only ever mentioned what was talked about on Grumpy Old Ben's on the Monday show. It was always the Monday show. And I didn't worry about it, partly because it's it's the show that happens right before their Wednesday and mostly because it's their show. They can do what they want. But when he came out, he's like, Grumpy Old Ben's didn't have a show this week. I'm like, hello, where were you Friday? Um, <laughs> and Cold so Acid is one of our clear. biggest donors, it's, and he is on the show. It's pretty clear that, well, actually, you know, to Cold Acid's credit, he did mention when, when Abel Kirby gave a break in, in the rant, Cold Acid did say, well, they did have it. They did talk about this. They had a show on Friday. Did you listen to that? And Abel Kirby just ignored that and went on. But I, I just, yeah. So, um, a- Abel has no idea that we're talking about this. And so, um, we're good. We don't have to worry about scooping them because he doesn't know that we do Friday shows. So we I can, love it. We can say bad things anyway, about him on Friday. That's good. To okay. Know. Enough, enough crap talking about cold acids, non-donating host <laughs> or co-host. <laughs> nice. Um, Microsoft published the tool last week with, with the Winget release, uh, that, uh, one of the thing it was, it was win, Winget. I, I've got the name of the, I have too many notes again. Um, they, they published the tool along with it. So when you download the Winget package, you, uh, you get a tool like a Winget create or something, which allows you to create a manifest. And, uh, when you run the tool, it will check 
the the manifest file is a YAML file that uh, you submit to the repository, and the automated tool will validate it for you. It, it I, I mean, the the validation is apparently not very much. Um, in fact, I think that the I haven't tried this, I haven't downloaded the tool, but I think that tool is roughly the same sophistication as say my Chapters app. Um, right, and I noticed so, with the Chapters app. There's no way to delete. If you put an extra chapter, then you have to go and manually edit that. So there's some updates you need to make. I no, you just delete the time code and it clears <laughs> the rest of it and it doesn't save it. That's I, that, if you delete the time code, it won't save it. Oh, cool. Or you use that to make your next chapter. Whatever. Anyway, uh, when I say like the chapters app, I mean you enter a bunch of information in it and it dumps it into the YAML file. But it doesn't seem to do a hell of a lot of validation. I'm not sure. Um, but in order to get your your software added to their repository, say you are the the author of the grand old uh, grumpy old Ben software, or say uh, you you are deluded and think that you're the author of say Google Chrome, you can submit to a, a pull request to the GitHub repository, and Microsoft had uh, in they had a, an automated bot that would go through and it would validate the format of the file and then just merge the file in automatically. And when asked why you did it automatically, one of the people on the thread, I, I went through the big place I went through was the GitHub issue where they were talking about, this is really broken. Um, one of the Microsoft employees in there said, uh, well, we think that, uh, we, we wanted to make sure that there wasn't any undue delay from human moderation. So that's why we made it automated. Um, so the only thing that the automated process validates before checking in the manifest file is to make sure the package complies. It says, make sure the package complies with Windows package manager policies and is not known to be malicious. I'm not sure what they mean by policies, but the not known to be malicious was admitted. They run it through virus total. So I guess there's that. Um, as of last night, when I did the research on this one, 10 hours before showtime, there were 259 open pull requests and 15,348 closed pull requests to the repository where they are keeping this information. And by, by the way, if, if you don't remember Friday, um, this repository is, is the source, the, the, it's the packages for the WinGet package manager. Microsoft is creating a package manager and the only repository that they support so far, although I think, I think more coming online, but the only one they support so far is the Microsoft community repository. So if you go to WinGet, Microsoft has put out a package manager and you say WinGet install Chrome, then it will look in this repository for the information on it, for the download URL, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the bot that is auto, that is validating these cannot automatically validate app or vendor names. It doesn't seem to validate the download URLs other than run it through virus total. It doesn't seem to do any duplicate checking. Um, the, it's going to get messy fast. The engineer, at, the Microsoft engineer on the thread did comment. He said, quote, it is a feature on the backlog to detect duplicates <laughs> on the backlog. You you have just released V1.0 of your product and a feature that you decided not to include was detecting duplicates. Well, okay. is it really 1.0 or is it more like 0.1? 
So the gist of the bleeping computer article was uh, uh, written mostly around this one bug that somebody pulled out and pointed out that there are a lot of PRs that are including wrong information that are giving uh, corrupted package identifiers. Microsoft has has decided that the package identifier should look like uh, a particular string format. And there's a lot of them that don't follow that format or, or just seem broken. And apparently this isn't validated. I, I guess, I don't know if it's the bot doesn't do it or can't or what. Um, but this particular bug, the example given in the article pointed out, uh, over five dozen examples of information that is wrong, uh, information that overwrites existing manifests, including a number of them. Like there were a couple of pull requests that were pulled in and in fact automatically approved that would overwrite the official entry for Google with a new URL and incomplete information. Um, one example, there was one example given where the entire repo was broken because, and, and I know that anybody who has gone back and forth between Windows and Linux systems are going to love this bug. Somebody, uh, uh, the, uh, the format that you have to use is uh, manifests slash a letter slash your vendor name slash the product slash the version slash manifest.yaml. It's a very structured path. The letter that you have to use in that is a capital letter, which is the first letter of your vendor name. So it would be, if it's a Google product, it'd be manifest slash G slash Google slash Chrome or whatever. Um, somebody put in the exact same file as an existing file, but used a lowercase letter instead of an uppercase, which validated fine on windows. Ooh, fun. And broke the hell out of it. As soon as that repository was run on a Linux machine. So very confused. So what you're saying is you might not want to use this yet. So, um, I, I, one of the, the, the comment that I pulled from the GitHub issue, I, I love this one said, I am absolutely baffled how this repo doesn't link to anything about what release channels or versions should be selected in the package manager or any sort of common behavior about how some choices should be made. There's nothing telling me why I should believe I can trust anything the automated pipeline has accepted into the repo or that the downloads are in any way safe. Right now, using Winget would be at best no safer than randomly grabbing installer files off of pop-up ads and running them. Wait, you're not supposed to do that? I am. It said and went on to say, I am not sure anything can fix this repo short of a nuke it from orbit and start over. That was a guy <laughs> named OCD Trekkie. Hey, OCD Trekkie. Thank you. And I, I, so, do, I do want to point out, not to totally derail your train of thought, I already got a message I, from Abel Kirby that said, scooped like Hagen does. So obviously he does know. We have a Friday show and he's listening. I'm live. pretty sure that by Monday he'll forget. <laughs> he'll forget. He drinks heavily on the weekend. I get it. Yeah. Well, don't we all? Yeah. So to, to get to the gist of, of my conclusion from the list of issues here, uh, what you have is Microsoft in the interest of making sure that there wasn't a lot of, of delay or validation or moderation that would get in the way because the worst thing that could possibly happen to a Microsoft product is they could release it and nobody uses it. So they wanted to make it really easy for as many software vendors as possible to put all their stuff in. Remember, uh, they had 
a, a project a while back where they released a thing. They said, everybody put your software in, but we're carefully moderating it. That was the Microsoft store. Who the hell goes to the Microsoft store? There's nothing there. So they learned that lesson, but now they've gone the other way. They have made it so that anybody in the world can add software to this and, and in particular can add a manifest to this. Um, their automated system even allows you because you know, this is, by the way, necessary. If a vendor releases an update to the software, you have to be able to overwrite the manifest to make it so that WinGet goes and downloads the new version and not the old version that was already there. So they allow updates, but they don't require that an update come from the same person who put it in the first time, which means the, the first time that uh, somebody comes out and fully automates overwriting all the software with malware links it comes in what this is what i've just described to you this entire repo this entire winget repository this is a classic supply chain attack vector on all windows users using every software known to man they're they're creating a supply chain attack from whole cloth, all you have to do is know how to put in a pull request into GitHub. So the real question is, what have you uploaded so far? And uh, is it is it bringing everybody? Um, is that why the stream has hundreds of people today? Are you been bouncing everybody to our live stream? As of this morning, when we went on microphone, I had not yet turned on the script I was writing to automatically update and overwrite all of the Google software with Firefox. Oh, see, now that would be funny because that kind of stuff oh, that, is going to start I mean, to happen. Yeah, that's really easy. You go, you know, because the, the way to the way to make a pull request. First of all, you have to fork the repo, which is. Uh, hey, now. <laughs> and so you, you pull that, you make one change. The change is I edit the Google Chrome manifest to go to a a brave browser download link. And then I submit the request and it looks like an update. It goes in it. Pull, it I, okay. So the one good thing, and, uh, this, this didn't come from the bleeping computer article from, uh, Tuesday, but I was able to determine that as of late Wednesday, Microsoft had suspended automated merge and is going back to the drawing board. Uh, when get create, that's the name of the app. I knew it was in my notes. It was at the very end. Why? But, um, they have suspended the automatic merge and are, reworking a new version of winget create to add more validation whatever that means so everything about the supply chain attack that i just described it's on hold a moment so if you if you go in and you create you you have to be at least a little bit creative if you create an update to software with a new download url Somebody is manually going to push that in, and that means you at least have to perform enough social engineering attack to make it look like you're the official vendor and make the download link to your malware look like it might be a legitimate link so that some overworked moderator can rubber stamp it. Now, it seems like they're just trying to encourage a lack of computer security. That seems to be the case. Yeah, this is this is uh Microsoft is jumping on the idea that they need a package manager and they were so zealous about making sure that it was full of information that uh, they've kind of thrown security out the window. 
They should have really now, just purchased uh, chocolatey, but that would have been the, I guess, the too plus easy. side. If there is one, is that every structural problem identified here is in the default repository only, and the WinGet tool still seems to be particularly. Uh, it seems to be useful. It seem it doesn't seem to be horrifying. Uh, at least nobody's pointed it out yet. Which means that if somebody comes out and creates a repository and follows basic security practices such that it has at least the level of security found in every other package repository ever, then you could use the Winget tool, disable the default repository, connect it to this other one, and it would actually be a pretty good package. And then it would, I mean, it'd be a parody with chocolatey almost. Right. Which or is, you I mean, can go download chocolatey. Right. And you, that's the thing is you have to understand what the repository is, who is propagating that, what uh, security measures are being done, because they're great tools. I mean, if you've never used a package manager, if you're always resetting up a computer or you want to be able to install or update a bunch of things at one time, it automates that. But there are, of course, issues with that if you have a repository where somebody, as you said, well, I took Chrome out and I put Firefox in. So when somebody says install Chrome, they're actually going to install Firefox. That would be a bad thing for most people. I mean, it might be a good thing for. I, I mean, for most Chrome users, I think it would be a step up. Yes. But the principle is still a little scary. But at least, I mean, I guess you, you half applaud Microsoft for finally adding this and you then take that away because they in, kind of seem to. I don't know if you can say rushed it, but they definitely released it. And you've made the uh, argument a few times, and I can't say you're wrong, that Microsoft's system has now moved to, well, we'll throw it out there and let the general public be our beta testers, even if they're calling it complete software. And this seems to be another case of that happening. So understand when you're downloading new Microsoft software. You are now a Microsoft tester, but they're not going to pay you. Well, you know, and get cut Microsoft a little bit of slack Why? with this whole software thing. They are. They've been doing this. Uh, wasn't this? Wait, no. I mean, they've been doing this a long time. But <laughs> Ignore all of it. Well, how, how long has Satya been doing this? Remember, there, there were the dark ages. There was the Balmer era. And before that, the Gates period. So uh, I don't know. We, can't, we can't talk about the Gates period anymore. He's been canceled. Yes, he has. And you're not allowed to say the name anymore. Do not mention. Anyway. Bill. Yeah. The only other thing I have is uh, Stack Overflow got sold. Oh. Is that, um, should anybody care about that, though? Uh, I, I did. Well, um, the, the quote that I pulled from Jeff Atwood uh, at Coding Horror was, quote, today's sale of Stack Overflow. Most importantly, let Stack Overflow continue it as an independent site. And also mint 61 new mil, 61 new millionaires. So I think that the people who just became millionaires by that sale, they care. Yeah, they're the ones that are like, um, okay, I don't need to work here anymore. See you later. I, and I, I, I know that Jeff Atwood, who was one of the people who uh, just became a millionaire as a result of it, um, is he, he has reason to uh, want to put this in a positive light. So I won't hold it against him, but he might just be really really naive that he thinks that stack overflow will continue to be an independent site which never stays 
when somebody is acquired so by a bigger company? The, the purchaser was a company called that I hadn't heard of called Prosis, who is apparently freaking huge. Uh, they are the primary shareholder in Tencent, among other things. Um, and it is a holding company, which is part of another company I hadn't heard of from South Africa called Naspers. Um, both of these are gigantic uh, multinational conglomerates that, uh, I mean, they're, if they're big enough to buy Tencent, um, what does that cost? Tencent? No, Tencent is, uh, the author of WhatsApp and, uh, they are pretty close to the biggest company in China. Oh, but now WhatsApp is Facebook, right? Oh, that's right. Uh, who the hell am I thinking of then? Anyway, I don't know. You know what? I, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't know. Uh, Tencent, nobody's ever heard of it. It's not really a big thing. You're going down anyway. Uh, the only other thing, I mean, the only thing that I had about that, I I could give my full rant about how Stack Overflow is not the site that it used to be, and it's not, it's gone and become very terrible over the last eight years. Um, but uh, I'm I'm very happy for the people who managed to come out of this with millions of dollars, and uh, and uh, you know, congratulations to you. Your users are still screwed. But, um, you know, some of them still really, really enjoy being able to post homework questions and get them answered. So, um, congratulations. Way to go. Woo! Now, I have a story that's it's local for you. King County, that's you, right? Um, well, I, I'm not in King County, thank God, but I'm close enough to feel the effect. It is the first in the country to ban facial recognition software for use by the government now i don't know if that really means anything you know by use of the government because we've talked about the governmental loopholes with all of this data from your cell phone and stuff like that where you know they can just then buy it from whatever company is collecting it so i don't know if this really uh means anything but the uh the story which was from well on on the plus side the governments in king county are perpetually broke because they're wasting all their money on social programs so i don't know what they're going to be able to buy with yeah, no different here this is from como news k-o-m-o it yep. says supporters applaud the newly approved ban on the facial recognition software saying it is a big of course win. supporters would hey no would you would you expect that to be any different this is where the media the supporters really... of the new law hate it yeah supporters <laughs> applaud it now, now i understand they added then they say it's a big win for civil rights and privacy those on the other side um those worried about facial recognition software say blacks asians and latinos are often misidentified by the software and king county council member Janine Cole Wells said the proposed legislation, which the council unanimously approved, will protect civil rights. Quote, we can be leaders and show we can proceed cautiously with development technology that may have caused harm and has caused harm already. Now, I'm still not really. I'm all for the privacy bit, but this concept that it's somehow hurting people that are black asian or latino because they can be misidentified do you totally take that bullet out of the arsenal to just because it may be incorrect or maybe it it points you in a direction and then you get verification like any evidence i mean if you're part of the cancel cult then yes anything that could possibly even remotely be linked to something you don't like must be automatically removed it's gotta go even if it works, you know, a majority of the time, no, you can't have it. I get it. It's, I, uh, it. 
when 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 reading this story, uh, which I, I had only glanced at, uh, one of the first things that jumped into my mind was, does this mean that they're going to remove all of the cameras from the freeway from no. the, the HOV lane that they they, you know, because every single time you drive under one of the scanners, they take your picture to because uh, they have to use the picture in order to uh, they, they can't issue by state law. They can't issue a ticket. If you're a solo in that lane, for example, they can't issue a ticket. They can't issue a bill, a fine, whatever, unless they can verify that the registered owner of the vehicle is the one in the driver's seat. That's why they take your photo. And that's why they have the zoom close up zoom cameras that that, that like pick out how many nose hairs you have. That's why you and wear the uh, Richard Nixon mask while does, driving. Does that suddenly become illegal? I wonder. Well, this is. This is where these kind of questions come in that never get answered, which is, you know, there's ways to get photographic evidence that, you know, I I get that if you run somebody through a database, you or I may look like somebody enough to where we'll get tagged if there's a picture of them or vice versa. But again, totally getting rid of the technology doesn't necessarily make sense. I mean, we talked about in our last episode more, more than that. It doesn't work. If there's one thing technology has proven to us over and over and over again is that you can't uninvent it. Right. And we both, I think, were in agreement on the last show that there was uh, there was a county or maybe it was Boston, which said if you're going to use facial recognition technology for law enforcement, you need to get a warrant, which I understand there are still issues with bad judges or people you know skirting issues or whatnot but we thought that was overall a step in the right direction the concept that you have this ability you have this tool and you're just not going to use it because it's it's unfair well it's unfair anybody gets caught doing a crime i mean we know that you can make you know it's like why are you bringing this up because this is a very leftist kind of a thing for people on the political left of the united states they seem to be against this kind of stuff and i'm wondering is it because you're really worried about the general public and their privacy or is this we don't want to have anybody brought up on charges for any crime so we don't want anybody ever caught and it's one of those which it is i don't know i i you know if if you pay attention to the the city of seattle and to king county which you know the king county seat is seattle so they they i don't they're not in the same building but i think they're next door to each other yeah and this uh, it, yeah it, it this sort of thing goes on the the idea of thinking all the way through the consequences of new laws before passing them has never that that idea has not made it as far as seattle now it does say there is one exception to the new ban isn't there always an exception when this kind of stuff comes out it does allow law enforcement if, if the cops yep i was gonna say if the cops want to do it well no if the law enforcement or government agencies to comply with a national child search assistance act so if there's a missing oh. child then Won't somebody please think of the children so i mean i guess if somebody kidnaps a kid then you could run their photos through this database. But anything else? No. But so why why are you making the exception? If this is bad and people are being identified incorrectly, well then why would you do this? This is horrible. Well these are uh, it, 
always the yeah won't somebody please think of the children yes and the como news article ends with and this is no surprise also the ban will not affect the use of technology by private companies for personal use or for personal use so yeah you know como is one of the farthest right uh publications in seattle too which which is to say that they're only you know they're they're only leftist in the same way that say uh uh Hitler was leftist or, or Karl Marx and not, not, you know, the rest of Seattle, which is far to the left of that. But what this seems to be is maybe another money grab because you or I, somebody could start and there's multiple companies out there doing this already that have scraped the huge databases from Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all of that, that saying you can't, you know, local government, state government in the area can't use facial recognition. Well, you know that private investigator who has an office right next to the police office uh, the department. Uh, yeah, you know, they and can isn't run it. bound and isn't directly bound by any of those silly things like the First Amendment. Right. So he can run the photo or the fourth. You're right. And then bring the information to the police and say, hey, this I think is the guy you're looking for. Sure. And then that's it. So this really does nothing. This is so all- what you're saying is is. Private public partnerships are going to be the way of the future. I think they already are, but yeah, I think this is going well, to the way of the last 20 years. Too. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Which, uh, you know, you got to think these things through. I mean, if it sounds the, like they did, <laughs> maybe this is, I just want to know if the people that pass this have stakes and uh, private companies that can do this then for, uh, I would prov- not be even remotely surprised. No, to provide the information to the police and, and a, on a lighter I, note, we have one other story, which uh, I thought was great, okay. which was about McDonald's, which started right here in the uh, the Chirac suburbs, is now testing, I think it was in 10 of the locations here in the Chicago area. But it's basically their version of, you know, the Amazon talking tube or Google talking tube that will now be taking orders when you drive up to a drive through rather than talking to a real live person. And why not? You can already talk to your talking tube and say, hey, do this, this and this. So it sounds like all of the McDonald's employees that worked in those locations are now really making minimum wage. Yeah, well, no, they'll be making no wage because they yeah, will be that's out of what a I job. <laughs> well, yeah, minimum <laughs> wage what, is now universal basic income. Pro- so Proponents of minimum wage laws always claim that raising the minimum wage makes things better, but they never really acknowledge that. The real minimum wage and the one that that every hike in the minimum wage laws push and make more and more probable. The real minimum wage is always zero. If you can't get a job because nobody can afford to hire you, you make zero. And I guess I guess we're getting around that with our UBI now. But well, right, because then people well, the government has to then take over the economy and a lot of the stuff going on and i think i mentioned this on this week's random thoughts as well that appears to be what's going on is everything the federal government is doing right now is trying to hurt small business i've seen countless stories and know people that own restaurants that are talking about how hard it is to find employees because people are still making the extra federal money and some states that are run by republicans are cutting this money off early but for the states like Illinois, the big blue states, this is going to go on through the summer that people would rather just sit at home and not work. And what this will end up doing as this kind of stuff starts rolling and rolling and rolling 
is the federal government will use this as an excuse to come in and go, well, no, 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 we need to privatize. You know, we need to we need to take this from being private. We need to public, you know, take this into the public sphere for the economy, because, you know, I mean, look at all the people that are out of work and can't find jobs. And, oh, gee, it's it's horrible. We have to save them. I mean, is isn't that straight out of your your uh, uh, weather underground playbook is get people dependent on the state? Yes. Well, it is. You 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 offer free handouts. And then you make sure that people are hooked and then you put conditions on the handouts and then you get what you want because anybody who says you, you, you have successfully destroyed the means of surviving without being dependent on the government and anybody who speaks out or gets out of line, you just withdraw the handout and they lose the ability to survive because you've destroyed the regular economy and when everybody is on state welfare and is dependent on the state you have no dissidents it's a great way to take control of an entire population because free people they think for themselves but if you can make an entire population who are entirely dependent on the state then you can rule forever yeah if they feel like they can't get a job there's nothing they can do they would love to be on the dole and to answer the question in the troll room from DigiGuru, will the mcdonald's automated system now spit on your food for you that would be the healthiest thing on the food at mcdonald's if it, <laughs> if, if it would spit on um but i uh, really i can appreciate this use of technology but you're starting to see more and more how easily the fast food industry and that is an industry i mean i never worked in fast food and I consider myself lucky, but I did work retail. So, I mean, it was kind of a wash. But the fast food industry, we've talked about White Castle coming up with a robot that they were testing to do everything in the kitchen to make all of the food. Now you're seeing uh, McDonald's we talked about, too, which they were going to have the automated kiosks where people would come in and be able to just press a few buttons to order their food without interacting with a live human, usually teenager behind the counter. Now for the drive through as well, there's no reason why they shouldn't look into using. And this voice technology we know has gotten a lot better over just the last few years due to all of those intrusive little devices from Amazon and Apple. It's better. Is it it good enough? I don't know. I've, I've read our transcripts. You know, right. But when it only has to be, I mean, there are some accents that are probably always going to throw it off, but when it, it comes to, wait, that makes the system racist. They have to cancel it. You're right. You're absolutely right. Somebody is talking in a different accent, which means they're not going to be able to order the food. It's, it's suddenly it's racist against people from new England. Yeah. <laughs> ah, it's wicked smart. Give me some of that. Yeah. Get some chowder. And wait, uh, okay. Here's, here's your order for wicked snot. But when, uh, when it's a McDonald's menu or any fast food menu, there is a very limited amount of words that it has to understand. So I think they'll be able to get this even with the multitude of accents. I think it will be able to figure it out because I mean, I'm not great at doing accents, but I have tried doing the talking tube requests for my uh, Amazon and Google devices that I have here with different accents and, you know, I'm a voice. And it understands way more than I thought it would. So I do think they'll be able to figure this out. And I do think this will mean more and more people will be 
put out of work. I mean, at the very least, they're going to be using this kind of stuff. So when somebody pulls up, because there's nothing worse than getting to a drive through and sitting there for like two minutes before you even get acknowledged. You know, this will be the automated voice. Like when you call on the phone, that'll be, oh, thank you for coming to McDonald's. Someone will be with you shortly. And then, you know, maybe they'll give you a fun fact uh, if it's Friday. Like I wanted another reason not to avoid that place. But yeah, I, you know, it, this was, well, you call it good, call it bad, but uh, it, any, anything that can be replaced with robotics eventually probably will be because technology moves forward. You can't uninvent um, it, it, this happening. At McDonald's. I'm looking at this going, this doesn't affect me because I would never be caught dead there. I mean, if I tried to eat there, I might be caught right. dead, but it might be enough. Yeah. Cardiac arrest. Uh, I, I will continue for as long as they continue to exist, which might not be that much longer. I will continue to patronize the local restaurants owned by the people who work at the restaurant. And uh, there it's it's better food. Uh, they're they're friendlier. It's, even hey, make when, you your know, own. I, or I'll make my own which actually is what I do most of the time anyway. Yeah, I made Although, wings yesterday for the first time in the air fryer. And, you know, just didn't buy the frozen wings, bought the fresh chicken wings and drumettes. I went into my local grocery store the other day and was not harassed about my lack of a face diaper for the first time in a year. I did too, but nobody cares around here anymore. It's almost over here. There's even right outside well, I, of Chicago where Canada, I'm hearing from those folks, and it's still not so. Well, so the the change, actually, this change was a couple of weeks ago, but I really didn't want to cover it on the show. So here I'm bringing it. Uh, the, the change to the Inslee rules around here is that uh, customers are required to wear masks, but not if they are vaccinated. And uh, companies are supposed to if if they allow you to go without a mask they are supposed to check and verify your vaccination status but there's no enforcement mechanism for customers so nobody is asking or bothering to check uh for employees um at this point the mask mandate is continues to be in full effect and the only way that you are allowed to exist in a place without as an employee without a mandate or without a mask on is if the company has documented evidence that can be shown to any LNI inspector that the person not wearing a mask has been vaccinated. And so we have gone full authoritarian vaccine passport out here. It's just that the enforcement mechanisms aren't really in place. And most people are still mm, don't really want to enforce it. So uh, I'm, I was okay there, but on the same day, I walked into another place and got asked to uh, put on a mask unless I had a vaccine card in my wallet. And I just turned around and walked out because F that. I mean, it, yeah, and the vaccine cards are a piece of paper. I mean, oh, yeah. it's just not like you're producing some kind of phys, uh, some official governmental uh, produced with a hologram and un, un, you know people just can't copy them and you can't forge them. I don't get it. It's a big uh, it's a big mind game is really all it is. Yes, kind of like this show, really. And we well, see, but we have to thank everybody for coming along into our delusion and letting us spread our delusion into their ears. That's the mind game. And we appreciate that. And we'll do that again on Monday. It was so much fun yes. today. Why don't we do this again on Monday? We should. We should do this on Monday for Abel Kirby. 
the same grumpy old Ben's time, the same grumpy old Ben's channel. That's noon Eastern, noagendastream.com. And if you miss it live, subscribe, smash that like button, boost that toot, boost us if you have one of the brand new podcasting apps. I mean, if you really, if you haven't upgraded your podcast experience yet, why haven't you gone to newpodcastingapps.com and download one of those that you can send us funds magically through your podcasting app? I mean, there, okay, there's like 14 different steps you have to do. Yeah, but then, I haven't checked that site recently. Which browser is it that supports this? Well, there's multiple browsers. I open RSS feeds in my browser. <laughs> well, you can. Because there are, uh, there, I think there's like a Chrome add-on that you can do, which, I mean, you know, it might work. You know, that doesn't surprise me. In your stripped-down Chrome. But there are a I, multitude I, of podcasting on, apps now. I heard on the Sergene podcast that he has decided that he is only going to support, his, his podcast will only support podcasting 2.0-enabled apps now. Well, how, wait, how can it not? I mean, I'm not could, sure. Is he, is he, so he's trying to block those that aren't. I, I don't think he's going out of his way to block them, but I think that virtues. Wait, is he virtue signaling and being woke, but not really backing it what, up? What Gene? No, no. yeah, no. When Sir Gene speaks, it's an interesting show. He bloviates a lot, so he's kind of coming into our territory. But uh, that's okay. There's more it's than okay. enough he's room. Good at it. Yes, he is, and you can listen to Sir Gene at 1.85 speed, and he sounds even better. We suggest you listen to us at one time speed. Otherwise, you will yes. miss the subtleties. If, if you must listen to us at all, which which we suggest. <laughs> if you if you must listen to Grumpy Old Ben's, do so we, at one point. In, in fact, you know, we 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 suggest you listen to Grumpy Old Ben's. Yeah, just stop there. Don't don't yeah. add, don't. Add I, I honestly else. don't care what speed it is. We suggest you listen to Grumpy Old Ben's. And we suggest you do so again come Monday. Until then, though. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the weather is heating up, which means there will definitely be a big crime report for Monday's show. And from America's left coast, where I don't trust Microsoft to manage my package. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Bill Gates touching your package?